0: Let's pray together. How glad we are, Lord, for that once again. Thank you that once again we are in this place to think about the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, to remember what he has done for us in his birth, life, death, and resurrection. Thank you that We come specifically to do that, and we pray that it would be a precious time together once again. For we have known your presence, Lord, in our communion services, and once again we pray that we would tonight. We know that there will come a time when we will never again take communion, for when we will be with you, we will not need it for we will see you as you are. But while we are here, we thank you for once again. And tonight, as we take the bread and as we take the juice, that you would help us to remember the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, given so that our sins might be forgiven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to read the words of institution from 1 Corinthians, and then we'll open it up for a time of sharing and testimonies. It might be something that the Lord has touched your heart with this week, a verse of scripture or a song, maybe, a prayer you might like to lead us in, or a reflection around the Lord's table. Well, the time will be open for your personal testimony and sharing. But before that, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians and chapter 11. And I'm going to read from verse 23 to the end of the chapter. Paul starts off with these words. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Now there's much discussion about that because we want to know how did Paul receive that from the Lord? Because Paul wasn't one of the 12 apostles at the Last Supper. He wasn't there. He wasn't a Christian at that time. But there came a time when obviously Jesus revealed this to him, and that must have been after the ascension. So I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the blood and body of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further directions. This is God's word, true and trustworthy. Don't you just wish that Paul would come to us and give us further directions after that reading? Well, let me pray. Thank you, Jonathan. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these testimonies. We thank you, Lord, that you've been at work in the life of your people. We thank you for the way that you work in us and through us, and we are amazed at that. We're amazed, Lord, that you have kept us by your grace and for your glory, and we are thankful. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the testimonies that we've heard about this evening. And we commit each person in this room into your hands, and we pray that you would keep us when we fear our faith may fail, that you would hold us fast. When we confess that we need you every hour we need you, We pray that you would uphold us. Lord, we thank you that you have done that, and we pray that as we hear your word now and as we take part of the Lord's Supper in a few moments, that we would know that this is how you are speaking to us and demonstrating that wonderful love to us. So we commit our hearts to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, if we could have the next slide please, Sir John. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. Let's consider those words. For those words start off the words of institution. For what I received from the Lord, I also passed on to you. And then the very next words, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. That was a terrible night, and a sad night. Jesus lived for around 12,045 nights. And this was his final night. And many things happened to the Lord Jesus Christ at night. He was born at night in Bethlehem, Luke 2 verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then one night, Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, carried him off to Egypt, Matthew 2.14. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and fled for Egypt. And then it was one night that the Lord Jesus walked on the water, Mark, Mark chapter 6.47, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on the land he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them and he went out to meet them one night he spent the whole night praying luke 8:12 one of those days jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to god one night jesus was in jerusalem And a man called Nicodemus came to see him at night, John 3, verse 2. And then one night, Jesus slept out in the open air on the Mount of Olives, Luke 21. Each evening, Jesus went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And then one night, Jesus ate a Passover meal with his disciples in an upper room. That night became the Lord's Supper, It was instituted by Jesus that very night, and we read that Judas took the bread and went out, for it was night. This was the night the Lord was betrayed. What a terrible night, what a sad night. And what a terrible thing to be betrayed, and what a sad thing it is to be betrayed. Your friend, so close to you, you share secrets with them. You have meals with them. You go out with them. You spend time with them. You trust them, and then they betray you. They break your trust. They are disloyal, and they put you into your enemy's hands. And Luke 22:47 says, "While Jesus was still speaking, there came a crowd." And the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And of course he did. And Jesus was put into the hands of his enemies through the betrayal of a good friend. What a terrible thing it is to be betrayed. And what a sad thing to be betrayed. And the words of the Lord's Supper begin by reminding us that the Lord Jesus did this on the night he was betrayed. Why do we need to think about that? We know that when it actually comes to the Lord's Supper, we think about his body, which is represented by the bread, and we think about his blood, which is represented by the juice. So why does it all start by reminding us on the night Jesus was betrayed? We don't think about that so much. Let me give you three possible reasons why we start by remembering Jesus was betrayed. The first reason might be because we need to get our minds and our hearts back into that night. We know modern life is so busy Suburban life is stupidly busy. We rush around here and there, doing this and that. And there are many things that we do that we have to do. Responsibilities with our work, responsibilities with our family, responsibilities in other areas. So there are things we have to do, and we've got to do them. But there are other things that we do because we choose to do them. We've got free time, and so we choose to do other certain things. And if we're not careful, we keep mounting up those other things that we choose to do. So we've got the things we have to do and the things we choose to do. And life gets filled up so quickly. And time gets filled up so quickly. And we don't have time to stop and think. And so we come to the Lord's table and we change gear. We can examine ourselves to see about our faith and relationship with the Lord, and we can reflect on the Lord's goodness to us and the sacrifice that Jesus made. But maybe these words on the night he was betrayed are given to help us get our emotions back to that terrible, sad night. They're like preparation words for what we're about to do because we're about to do something amazing. But with all the rush and the busyness, we can forget how amazing it is. So let's get our minds and our hearts back into that night when Jesus Christ was betrayed by a good friend. This fixes us on what we are about to receive. Maybe a second reason we start the Lord's Supper with these words is uh, to show us what sinful humanity is capable of. So the Son of God, Jesus, came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He came to his own people who rejected him, and his own close friend of three years betrayed him. Why would anyone do that to Jesus? It was because Judas was a lover of money more than a lover of God. Judas used to keep the treasury, who was the treasurer of the disciples. And the Gospels tell us that every now and again, Judas would put his hand into that box, nick some money for himself. Judas loved money more than he loved Jesus. And when he heard that he could get these 30 pieces of silver for betraying Jesus, the lights lit up in his his eyes, and he thought, going to do it. And because Judas was a lover of money more than a lover of God, he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. He couldn't serve two masters. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, you cannot serve both money and God. You've got to choose, and Judas chose, and he chose money, but it ended in disaster. And that's the foolishness of the human race embodied in one man who chooses money over God. So maybe it's to get our minds into what we're about to do. Maybe it's to remind us of uh, what sinful humanity does if it puts something in the place of Jesus. Or maybe thirdly, these words are said to remind us of the act that set the ultimate humiliation and suffering of the Savior into motion. For Jesus' betrayal on that dark night was a part of his suffering and humiliation. Terrible and sad things happened after that kiss that was given to the Lord Jesus Christ the things that were set in motion after that he was then arrested he was led to the high priest for trial he was assaulted and abused at that trial then they led him out to Pontius Pilate for a Roman trial then Pontius Pilate handed him over to the soldiers who abused him with torture mockery And then Jesus was taken before the crowd for their judgment upon him. And they chose Barabbas instead of Jesus. And they sentenced Jesus to death. And he was crucified and died. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we're remembering that the betrayal led to all those things. But sad and terrible though that night was with that betrayal, God worked it for good. And our redemption and our atonement and our reconciliation to God and our forgiveness of sins and our salvation and our new life can start because Jesus died in our place. And that ultimately is what we remember. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, When we read those words, on the night he was betrayed, we can sometimes just skip over them, but we know that he was betrayed because of a sinful act, and he went to the cross because of our sinful acts, but at the cross he forgave us. Help us then, we pray, O Lord, as we come to this Lord's Supper. To remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And not just to be grateful in our hearts. But to be committed to you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well those are amazing words. We stand forgiven at the cross. Every sin, every evil thought, every evil deed and act taken away, washed away through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus Christ took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we eat the bread and as we drink the cup, let's remember the cross. Jesus dying in our place that we might be forgiven. There's not many physical things that Jesus asked us to do. He asked us to physically be baptized and he asked us physically to eat and to drink the bread and the wine. And so we do this in obedience to him. Let's give thanks. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the night he was betrayed. And we thank you that he did that so that we would come back to the cross again and again and again. For we confess that we move away from it. We look to what we are doing instead of to what he has done. We look to our faith instead of his sacrifice. We look to our service instead of his self-giving We look to many other things instead of him, but tonight we come back to the cross, and we pray that as we eat this bread and drink this cup, that we might deeply remember our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name, amen. Amen. Well, please come forward to take the bread and the wine, take it back to your seats, uh, eat the bread when you sit down. Hold on to the cup so that we can drink that together when we've all been served. The bread as individuals reminds us that Jesus died for us as individuals. For me, it was on the cross he died. But also now, drinking the cup together reminds us that Jesus died for his church. That we are the family of God and each one of us belongs to one another. We are members of one another and Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. You accept us in Christ. And we thank you that we are loved in Christ. And that you see us in him. This gives us full assurance and confidence in life. Not in ourselves or even in others, but in Jesus We praise you for him. In his name, amen. Amen. Well, let's say the grace to one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.